this morning. God has left us, I don't know, probably hundreds of thousands of examples in nature of spiritual truths, and I don't often use those, but um, can enjoy making a connection for us today. So let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts and minds upon those words be acceptable in your sight, Lord. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. You're the reason for the season. You're the reason for our hope, for our joy in every day in our future. Praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's possible some of you may have met Dave Nutting. He, um, he's been in the area a few times. It's been quite a while, I think. But Youth for Christ brought him into Blue Earth a couple times. A creation scientist, a really wonderful guy, he and his wife, uh, one of the creation ministries. And he writes this article uh, a while ago, and I, I, it really impacted me, so I pulled it and kept it on my desk for today. He lives in Colorado, and he writes this recent article. As we approach the Christmas season, I think many people are thankful that the West Coast fires have finally been put out. Remember how that was just daily on the news for months, right? Partly by the help of firefighters, the fires were put out, but also by rainfall and finally colder temperatures. The relief is not just for those living near the fires in California and Oregon, but even for those in neighboring and distant states like Colorado. We've awakened to the smell of smoke some mornings and wondered if our houses were on fire. Sometimes we get smoke clear from Canada, right? We have to deal with that a little bit. In fact, he says the drift of smoke from the coastal states even blocked their views of surrounding mountains in Colorado. But I can only imagine how bad it was near the blazes. Now he's going to focus on Yellowstone's big fire. In 1988, Lightning storms lighted huge fires in Yellowstone National Park, burning more than one-third of the park's 3,500 square miles. Firefighters worked hard to battle the blazes, but finally in September of that year, it was God who put the fires out with a snowstorm. Now, 23 years later, visitors to the park can still see tall stands of trees killed in those fires. But even more impressively, they can also see how quickly the forest has recovered with new growth. So how did the vibrant forest grow back so quickly? The answer is in God's design for the pine cones of the lodgepole pine tree that make up around 80% of Yellowstone's trees. Lodgepole pines have two different kinds of cones on the same tree. One cone opens and releases seeds every year. That's a normal procedure. The other cones stay on the tree for many years, remaining tightly closed and sealed with a waxy coating. The cones that open every year are usually destroyed in a fire. Cones with the waxy coating are protected from the heat and flames by the wax until the temps go past 113 degrees. Then the waxy coating melts. The cones open and release their seeds. When the seeds hit the ground, they find fertile soil and no competition for sunlight. In a few years, a new forest can be seen growing leaps and bounds where black ash was all that could be seen after the fires came to a stop. God's design uses fire to clean out the older forest and then provides for a quick and beautiful rebound into a new forest that is fresh, young, and healthy. Such an encouraging spiritual truth revealed in creation. Two kinds of seed. Regular seeds for everyday life, specially designed seeds for bearing fruit in times of fiery trouble. God tells us in his word that his mercies are fresh and new for us every morning. So that's like the regular 
every year seed, right? They, these are the mercies for everyday life. That comes from Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord, what? Never, Never ceases. ceases. I, I just let do that with me and use it together. I'm just going to soak in some truth. <clears throat> The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I often open my prayers this way when I'm visiting at homes and hospitals and stuff. I often, often open with this prayer and just say, God, thank you for your fresh new mercies this morning. How often do we recognize them? I don't know, sometimes pretty regularly, but every single morning, Fresh new mercies for us. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So when I need everyday stuff, am I, gonna, am, I, am I promised everyday stuff? I'm promised every morning fresh mercies from the Lord. What about the second thing? God tells us he is a very present help in time of trouble. These are the special mercies God releases for us in the fiery trials. Okay, so we use Psalm 46, verse 1, 2, and 3. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. Say it with me, a very present, present help, help in, in trouble. trouble. So, so God designed that lodgepole pine. He, he knew that fiery trials were going to come to those kinds of trees. He designed to handle the situation with a specially designed cone to handle fire and release seeds in the aftermath to replenish the forest. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And this always blows my mind. This expands my horizons about the things we're, we, we let become fearful for us. We let little things, medium things be fearful for us. This is big stuff. He says, therefore, we will not fear even though the earth gives way. That's pretty big. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, that's even bigger. It's one thing for the, for the ground to move beneath you. It's another for it to move to such an extent that mountains fall into the sea. He says, though the sea's waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, we will not fear. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength, and he is a very present help in time of trouble. So when the fiery trials, when the when the fire takes the, the whole forest out, we need not even fear in that situation because God has already prepared. Has He already prepared the lodgepole pine for fiery trials? Has He already prepared you and I? Does He know when the fiery trials are coming to your life? He knows ahead of time. Has He prepared ahead of time to bless you, to help you in your trouble? to bring you through, to strengthen you, to bring you out the other side, a different person, a victorious person, a changed person. Hallelujah. Did Joseph and Mary experience daily mercies and then special mercies in a fiery trial? Let's run through that Matthew 2 passage that Brandon read for us and see if we see this principle that worked for them. Matthew 2.13. So now, as Brandon mentioned, when the wise men had departed, then um, all something evil broke loose. When they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, 
Rise, take the child, his mother, and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So the, the Christmas story is really pretty wonderful and, and fuzzy and warm and beautiful until this moment, right? You get a little King Herod stuff when the wise men come to him and say, hey, where's the babe that's been born king? You get a little bit of concern there, but it seems to kind of fade quickly into the background because the, the star leads them back down to Bethlehem right away and they find the child. But here's the deal. Did God know that King Herod was about to bring a fiery trial on Mary and Joseph and the baby? He knew ahead of time. What did God provide ahead of time? Three wise men gave, well, three. The wise men gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Joseph and Mary and the baby. They gave them, a, what do you call it, a grubstick is what I put it. They gave them the financial resources to to a foreign country and live for years and still be able to come back when it was safe to Israel years later and reestablish his carpet. So God delivers this treasure trove of financial support the night before they have to flee and run to Egypt. That's even better than a large coal, large coal, pine cone fires. How cool is that? So God knows when fiery trials are coming to your life? He knows ahead of time. Does he, does he lay things out for you? Does he provide in the nick of time for you? He did it for Mary and Joseph. Verse 14, he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. Joseph jumped on it. He, I, he must have picked up on the urgency. He always obeyed right away. you got to love this guy. They went down to Egypt, remained there until the death of Herod. We don't know for certain. It looks like historically uh, Jesus might have been somewhere in his early teens, late late single digits, but somewhere there, mid-childhood is when they came back. They remained there till the death of Herod. This was to fulfill the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. Oh, my son. So just like Israel being called out of Egypt a couple thousand years before from Pharaoh's hand, Jesus ends up back there as a baby and being called forth. Fascinating connections to the Old Testament God does for us. Verse 16. Uh, it's one of my least favorite passages in the Bible. And I was going to, I just got, started going to seminary, and my home pastor was taking a Sunday after Christmas off. And he asked if I would preach, and I was like, yeah, I said, no, okay. First time ever preaching. I was kind of excited and then I look at the passage that I was going to have to preach on. I'm like, this guy, is like, are you kidding me? I have to preach on the slaughter of the innocents as my first sermon ever? Then uh, Herod, when he saw that he'd been tricked by the wise men, became furious. He was a wicked, evil, probably semi-deranged man. He became furious. He sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem in all that region who were two years old or under according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Just a horrifying event. Then it was fulfilled it was spoken by the prophet. Did God know this was coming? Yeah. He prepared for the safety of Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. And I don't know what to answer to this. You know, I've had people ask me in confirmation committees ask me, well, I don't I still don't understand the whole sovereignty of God's work in it. Okay? But 
soldiers were so busy carrying out their order in Bethlehem, one thing it did was it allowed Mary and Joseph to get further away and safer away to Egypt. I'm thankful that baby Jesus wasn't born in Jerusalem. How many two years old and under would have died that night if he'd been born in Jerusalem? Thousands. Because Bethlehem, Bethlehem was like smaller than Frost. We don't know how many children. I'm not, I'm not diminishing by numbers. I'm just saying there's some evidence of the mercy, the grace of God there. Just a horrifying situation. But God even let his people know ahead of time that this was going to be the case through the prophet. Verse 18. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping, loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Another way to look at this, too, is Jesus didn't come. He wasn't born in a palace and laid on satin and lace. He was born into a really messed up world, right into the heart of it. God sent the, the answer, the Savior, right into the thick of it, the worst of it you can imagine. Jesus was right there. So verse 19, years later, Years later, maybe maybe eight or nine or ten or twelve or thirteen, it's history's fuzzy. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, that was one of Herod's relations. He was a piece of work himself. Not as, not as murderous as, as Herod. He still was nasty. So when Joseph heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, Joseph was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. So here is the first indication that Joseph now is in full-on protector mode himself. He, he heard that Archelaus was reigning. He had the fear and um, it's not that God was asleep at the wheel. I feel like this is more a response to Joseph's concern. I'm like, okay, yes. Anyway, sends him on. But this is the first time we see Joseph had the fear first. Then God spoke to him in a dream and said, go to Galilee. But that was the prophecy. That was the plan anyway, right? Verse 23, he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, which was in Galilee. So what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He would be called a Nazarene. So in this really difficult passage, what do we hear over and over and over? Fulfilled by the prophets. Fulfilled through the prophets. Fulfilled with the prophets. Over and over and over. What's obvious over this whole passage? God knew about the fiery trials, each one. And he planned ahead of time how to handle each one to protect the ultimate need of salvation of Jesus. So where are you at today? Maybe your life is fairly normal for you today. That's great. We love normal seasons. Amen? Amen. Um, maybe you're just needing and enjoying your regular daily mercies, fresh and new every morning. Maybe you're in a fiery trial. Maybe it's going to happen today. You don't see it coming. Maybe you're needing special mercies from our very present God is glad to sustain you and save you and empower you to make it through the fiery trial. 
so you can bear fruit on the other side. This is why Christmas is so near and dear to our hearts, because we need Christmas for the everyday mercies, for the eternal life salvation, and we need Christmas because Jesus came to be with us to save us through the fiery trials too. Blessed God, we're so we're so thankful for Christmas, the reality, the truth of it. We're glad that you kept Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus safe in that terrible situation. We're glad, God, that you somehow brought consolation and comfort to those who were grieving and left behind in Bethlehem. God, this morning, um, many of us are maybe having normal kind of life seasons, but we're really thankful new mercies this morning that sustain us all the time. God, some of us are in fiery trials or maybe coming out of one or maybe going into one. Thank you, Jesus, like that special pine cone that you provided for us ahead of time to bring us through. Not in the end, there's something new and beautiful and powerful that comes out of fiery trials. A deeper, stronger faith in you powerful witness for you, that and more. So I pray, Lord Jesus, you're here this morning. I pray that you move now among your people, wherever we're at, regular pine cones or fiery pine cones, whatever they need this morning, Lord Jesus. Touch, fill, resurrection power, fill with your love. Accomplish the need today. Help us to be more than conquerors today. Thank you, Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all God's people say, Amen. Let's stand up. We're going to sing It Came Upon Midnight Clear, 197. Thank you. 